Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the BadgerBlitz.com podcast, of course, powered by Overtime Media. I am Jake Kokorowski, senior writer at BadgerBlitz.com. Of course, your Rivals.com destination for all things Wisconsin athletics from the recruiting trail inside Camp Randall Stadium, which is still being renovated at the moment and on the floor of the Kohl Center and bringing you kind of a midweek podcast. Usually I wait for Fridays or Saturdays for this, but couldn't, you know, I couldn't wait for this because, uh, one, I get to talk to my handsome adult son once again, uh, and my good friend Owen Reese from Bucky's Fifth Quarter also worked the East-West Shrine game, and that's why we have him on because there were three currently former Badgers, you could say, and then one former former Badger uh, in Jack Cohn at the East-West Shrine game in Las Vegas. So Owen just got back a few days ago, and he's been gracious enough to make time for us to talk about all four of their performances. So Owen, man, thanks for coming back on and, and just how tired are you? I know you're doing some assistant coach work for, for basketball in state too, man. You're, you've been quite the busy man with your, and your resume just continues to build more and more and more. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Um, it's always good to, to come back and talk with you. Um, and yeah, I, I certainly have not had a, um, a ton of time off. I try to keep my plate pretty full, um, coaching some basketball as well as, as our, uh, following the Badgers and and pursuing my own career aspirations, which we'll get to in a second here. But um, yeah, it's been a lot of fun and, and it's always good to talk to you. Thanks, man. And let's, let's talk about that. So you're in Las Vegas. You, you get to do the East-West Shrine game. Talk to us about how that role's evolved. I mean, you've worked at, you and I worked at Bucky's Fifth Quarter together. We've covered games together. We've done podcasts together back at, you know, back there when I, before I moved to Badger Blitz. What, how has your trajectory gone in terms of your career how did you get involved with the east-west Ryan game and what were were your responsibilities yeah uh so i graduated from carroll university i played at carroll um for those that don't know um it's a small division three private school outside of milwaukee uh, i played there i graduated in 2015 and i had always had a passion for scouting or like i was like the weirdo that would like play madden but not play the games i would like to sim to the off season and, and build teams and stuff and do that. Um, so that's always kind of been more my interest. Uh, and I knew that's what I wanted to get into, but truthfully in hindsight, probably wasn't proactive enough as far as um, reaching out to my college coaches or, or letting them know, this is what I want to do. How do I get into this field? How can I do this? Um, so I ended up at home after school and uh, substitute teaching and coaching and kind of doing some other stuff. Um, which is when I was, I was lucky enough to reach out to you and our buddy Mike Fiametta at the time. Um, so in the fall of 2015, I started writing for Bucky's Fifth Quarter. Um, since then, I would go down and cover the Senior Bowl um, for Bucky's Fifth Quarter, and I had the, the privilege of interviewing Corey Clement and Vince Beagle and Troy Fumagalli and Garrett Dooley and Alec Ingold and Michael Dieter and Bo Benshaw. You were playing the hits, my friend. You were playing yeah. the hits. <laughs> Absolutely. So, and all those guys. Um, and so, but while, while I was down there, not only was I be able being able to, um, you know, talk to these guys and, and do that, but also kind of at a never kind of navigate the the scene and kind of advocate for myself as far as, um, you know, uh, just networking and and the kind of the beauty of going down to the Senior Bowl. Um, and the Shrine game was this way to an extent, but it's it's extremely, almost disarmingly um, informal. So 
there's a, a famous bar in Mobile called Vitz. Um, and you can go down there and you could be go up to the bar and like, yeah, I'm going to order a couple of drinks. And there could be an NFL scout or a coach or a general manager or whatever the case is very close. So those events kind of allow you to, um, in a more comfortable setting, right, kind of nonchalantly network and, and kind of do that. Um, and, and doing that, um, long story short, I was able to uh, and lucky enough to meet Eric Galco um, probably three or four years ago now. Um, Eric owns Optimum Scouting, uh, which is a the technically the company that I work for. Um, in that respect, um, Optimum Scouting was hired to do the personnel for the XFL um, when they did that a couple of years ago. Um, obviously, the pandemic kind of cut that short, unfortunately. Um, but then this past spring or summer, uh, the East West Shrine game, which also missed the 2020 season due to the pandemic um, and certainly the nature of the game being a benefit for um, Shriners Children's Hospital, right? Not a, a great environment to have, um, you know, kids being around people from across the country so that the game didn't happen. Um, in 2021, they wanted to go in a new direction. So they hired Eric, uh, in probably in July or so Eric reached out to me, um, and, um, knew I had been a GA at Whitewater and we had kept in touch and we had done this, uh, you know, just kind of moved along. Obviously he was in, right. Like he's moving in a different trajectory, right. Running a league and all that stuff. But, um, you know, kept in contact and had a, a mutual respect for each other. And, um, in July he called me and he's like, Hey, like, I'm probably going to have this opportunity. It's not hundred percent sure yet, but would you be interested? And, um, you know, as I'm, I'm 29 now. Right. So I don't have the, um, I would have done it anyways, but I don't have the luxury to turn down really any opportunity at this right. point. Uh, to get into the field. So I, so naturally I was like, absolutely. Um, and then in early August or so, I officially became the ACC scout for um, the Shrine Bowl. So again, um, went to Vegas this past week, uh, was down there for, I think, eight days um, for the entirety of the event, uh, and which was awesome getting to meet the other Optimum guys. But then really, like really the rewarding thing for me was um, to see the guys that I had scouted right? The guys that I had advocated for and gotten to the game, um, thought enough of their abilities and then for them to, to see them there and they did well. Um, you know, and, and then that was really gratifying for me. Um, it kind of just reinforces, you know, I feel like I'm pretty confident in my knowledge and my abilities, but that only just reinforces it that, um, I I like to think, at least I tell people I know what I'm talking about. Um, but then also got to do more networking professionally, um, down there. So I'll be at the combine, um, early March and see where that goes. But that was my capacity for the game is I had I'd scouted for the ACC and then went down there and, uh, was kind of like a group leader, one of eight or nine guys we had, uh, that worked for optimum at the game. Um, just as far as working operations at the field, uh, and, and kind of throughout the week, picking up players at the airport when we needed, um, and kind of whatever, kind of really just continuing, you know, I, I, I joked around, you never stop being a GA until you're actually in charge. Um, so no, but it was a great, it was a great experience. And uh, I got to do a lot, met a ton of people. All the players were great. Uh, all the scouts are great. Everything was, was cool. Um, Las Vegas was a great experience and hopefully we're able to continue to do that um, for the uh, foreseeable future with the shrine game. And so you looking at that, let's talk about some of the badgers, right? You had, you know, you talking about the four that were there. You had, of course, we talked about Jack, uh, Jack Cohn. Now finished his career with Notre Dame, but obviously played at Wisconsin. You had 
Defensive end, Matt Henningsen. Offensive lineman, Josh Seltzner. Inside linebacker, Jack Sanborn. Let's let's start off with, with Sanborn because obviously for those that didn't see on social media, he made a bit of an impact in the game uh, from what you know, uh, from what we saw, like a, you know, a forced fumble. Looked like he recovered a fumble as well. What did you see or what did you hear about Sanborn and what stood out about his game uh, and what, how he helped himself this past week? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I guess one of the best – I think at times it can almost be a detriment just because it's not flashy or not sexy, right? Like, But people have kind of – to an extent, um, Leo Chanel may be the, the outlier of this, but people have come to know and expect what they're going to get out of a Wisconsin inside linebacker. Um, you know, Jack is not a freak athlete. He's not, you know, huge. He's, I mean, he's 6'2", 237 pounds and, um, was a three-year starter, obviously for Jim Leonard in that defense and is just as steady as she goes. Right. I mean, just never does anything wrong. He's always in the right spot. He always makes the play he's supposed to. Um, and, and that's more of what we saw down, um, down in Las Vegas, right. We saw during the game is Jack Sanborn out bench pressing people and, 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 sending people out of bounds no but he's he tackles the back when they're there right makes the play when it's there um forced to fumble recovered a fumble um was fortunate enough to capture that moment um after the fumble he and a bunch of his teammates ran over and celebrated gave the ball away to one of the children's uh the shriners children's hospital kid at the game right so that was a great moment um for him but yeah i mean just rock solid um you know depends you know smart tough and dependable you know i don't work for wisconsin but that I mean, that's that's Jack Sanborn, and that's what he was in Las Vegas. Uh, you know, then then let's look over at um, stay on defensive side of the ball. Matt Henningsen, you and I were talking about, you know, recording talking about the walk on tradition at Wisconsin. Henningsen, of course, personifies that. Starts as a redshirt freshman, and you know, 2018 goes on to have a huge career. Uh, you seeing the impact that he has, obviously, uh, the the academics, the physicality, uh, the you know the you know, everything you want. How did he look down there in, in Vegas? And, and what did he, what did you see from him? Uh, Matt looked good. Uh, he tweaked his knee the third day there. Um, so the third practice, he didn't play in the game. Um, just as a preventative measure, he says like, if I needed to, I could. Um, but just, there's not much for him to gain at that point. Or a lot more to, for him to lose. So, but he looked good. Um, so the way that we had the teams constructed, as opposed to sheerly geographically, um, was the East team was a uh, more of like a, a gap scheme, power scheme, offense, 12 personnel team. Um, and the um, the defense was like a 3-4 scheme uh, primarily. And then the West team was more of a zone 11 personnel and 4-3 team. So Jack was on the West team as a 4-3 linebacker, uh, which is probably his best fit in the NFL. Um, on the other hand, Matt Henningsen, uh, was on the East team, uh, as a three, four defensive end. And he, and he played really well, was tough against the run all week. Um, in the pass rush drills, it was a bit of a different dynamic. He did well. Uh, but I, uh, as I talked to some of the, the offensive linemen, uh, that were in my group, that three, four team, uh, was a, I think the offensive line wasn't quite ready that first day for just like these three, four guys aren't going to work a ton of pass rush moves, man. They're going to bull rush you and they're going to come right through your face. And so as the week went on, the defensive uh, performance dipped a little bit as far as just the, the O-line becoming more accustomed and, and 
being ready for it, but they did well. He was very disruptive. Um, as we saw this year, not a, he's not, he's not going to be some pass rush specialist, but Matt plays with such an energy, like a frenetic energy and such a motor. Um, and he is so powerful directly through you. Um, I, I do think that he's got a, a chance to be a nice little player in the NFL. Um, played really well during the week. Uh, I, I was truthfully, I was a bit surprised, um, that he didn't get a combine invite. He was the one guy that was like <clears throat> the rest of them. I kind of get, but he was the one that I, I really, I didn't know if he was going to squeak in there or not. Um, Cause he's a guy I do think I have a sneaking suspicion is going to test a lot better than people would expect. Uh, he was in the, the Bruce Feldman's freak list right. prior to the year. And that's a um, not, not always a sign of things to come, but certainly um, pretty impressive territory. Uh, I agree for sure. And so, yeah, absolutely. So, um, I didn't know if Matt might sneak his way into the combine just off of some of that, maybe some of that hype. Um, but no, he had a good week, and um, I'm sure. Again, I don't know if he made himself money. You know, I don't want to over overuse that term. Right. Um, but I mean, he was he was as advertised, and I think that even though he didn't play in the game, the NFL personnel that were there saw everything that they needed to see, and I'm sure everything they expected to see um, from Matt. Then, you know, going to the opposite side of the ball, Josh Seltzner. And again, former walk-on, you see what he's done there. And, you know, what the nickname Buffalo Head uh, comes to mind back from uh, a few years back when he started to emerge on the offensive line. Obviously received, you know, first team all Big Ten honors, some All-American nods. How did he look down there? Um, Josh looked very at home down there. Uh, so the West was, like I said, that was more of the 11 personnel zone team. Um, and they were coached by Scott Peters, who is the, um, assistant offensive line coach for the Cleveland Browns and someone that, uh, is very well respected throughout the offensive line community. Um, and as well as I have some, um, not directly with Scott, but, uh, his, his kind of calling card for blocking scheme is, is called the tip of the spear. It's a, a type of a striking technique. And that's what I, that's what I learned at Whitewater. So that's, I was accustomed to that. So I was used to that. Um, so that was pretty easy to pick up. Josh was a late add to the game. Um, he had performed very well down at the uh, college or collegiate gridiron showcase down in Texas, um, which uh, event I worked last year and got good recommendations from uh, Mike Riddleman, their guy down there. And so we had a guy go down late with an injury um, and called Josh up and he was better than we could have expected um, was amongst the higher performers throughout the week. Um, certainly not what you might expect from the guy who was called as not an alternate or a late ad. Um, he was very good. Um, picked things up quickly. Josh is down to, he he told me one of the days he was like 302 pounds. Um, so he played, I think it was in 2020 at around 330. And I know this year, I think he was down to 310 or so, 315, yep. 310, lighter. Um, but but even it was evident, like his practice pants are almost falling off or he's he's light. So he did say he's working back up to 310 or so. Um, but he, he he moved well and he performed really well down there. And then obviously an old friend, one that we used to cover, who looked very good for Notre Dame this year, Jack Cohn. <laughs> How'd he look down? I mean, he led like the drives early on in that East West Shrine game looked very, very solid there. And, but what did you see out of him and, and just, you know, how he could fare at the next, I mean, he's got an 
NFL combine invite, right? So obviously NFL teams are looking at him too. Uh, Jack was the best quarterback throughout the week down there. Um, just again, I don't, it, his name's sake, Jack, right? But like Jack Sanford, kind of the same stuff. Jack going to wow you or be something, but did everything that he was asked to do and did it effortlessly, right? Did a great job operating. Um, they had a uh, former, some college football fans should appreciate this. Um, former Texas A&M quarterback, Gerard Johnson, is an offensive analyst for the Colts. Uh, the guy that famously threw touchdowns to Ryan Tannehill before being benched for Ryan Tannehill um, at A&M. He was uh, the quarterback coach down there, very well respected. Uh, would It would be surprising to me if he's not uh, quickly ascending up the coaching ranks. I was very impressed with Gerard throughout the week, um, and he absolutely loved Jack Cohn. Um, operates the play that's called. Um, knows where to go, knows how to get through his progressions quickly and efficiently. Um, probably the only quarterback there that consistently took snaps under center uh, also. So that was an easy thing for Jack to uh, to acclimate to, but was awesome. Hyper-efficient during the game as well. Um, and yeah, I, I, Jack Cohn probably had the, I mean, I know he's not a Wisconsin Badger anymore in quotes, um, but Jack probably had the best week down there of the four. Uh, and at this point I would be surprised if he's not drafted. I, I do think he, he, I guess I'm not, I wasn't super cognizant of maybe his draft stock or lack thereof prior to the week, but from talking to scouts and what I heard and what I, I would be, I would be more surprised than not if he is not drafted at this point. Um, I think he did a great job for himself down uh, in Las Vegas. Last questions for you before we let you go, Owen, man. I appreciate your time once again here on the BadgerBlitz.com podcast. Owen Reese, Bucky Smith quarter, East Rest Shrine game, Optimum Scouting, College Gridiron Showcase. Man, your resume just keeps rolling up, and, and for what you're doing, man, uh, when it comes to the – you talked about Matt Hankson not getting one, but Sanborn, Jake Ferguson, who was in the Senior Bowl, seemed to have a pretty good Senior Bowl himself there you know, uh, Logan Bruss, uh, you know, Leo Chanel, uh, your thoughts on those four Badgers that made it to the combine, uh, and, and just what do you think they could provide Cohen up, uh, coming up and, you know, in how they could improve their draft stock, you know, even before Wisconsin pro day hits in March. Oh uh, yeah. So I guess we'll start with, we already spoke about Sanborn. So I'll just start with him quickly. Um, I expect him to perform pretty modestly as an athlete. I think that's probably the best way I can put it. I don't think Jack is going to go light up. I don't think he's going to go run a four or five or anything. He'll run a four, seven, probably 40 yard dash uh, will be pretty solid. I think that he is about as Teflon as you can get. Like he could go to Indy and blow the doors off and he's going to be a fifth round pick and, or he could go to Indy and could look very average and be a fifth round pick. Right? I think it's kind of the, the feeling I have like that that's what Jack Sanborn is um, right now. Jake Ferguson did have a good senior bowl, uh, scored a touchdown down there, had a good week all week. I think Jake Ferguson is a guy that could really, uh, really benefit if he goes down there and runs well. I think that could, that could be a difference maker for him because he caught a, a 43 straight games with, with a reception, right? Like he, everyone knows he can catch the ball. He has very good hands, former high school receiver. People get that. Um, also Barry Alvarez's grandson, in case you didn't know, um, right. But so he should do well. I think he'll be uh, probably a mid thirties vertical jump guy. Um, 
he'll be good that way. He'll be smooth if he can run fast. If he can run in the four sixes, or like low four sixes, could make himself some more money. Um, but I think he'll be pretty solid that way. Logan Bruss, I'll be curious to see if he performs at the combine. I know he got the invite. Uh, he did not participate in a college all star game because of injury. So I know he's still banged up from the which the uh, the Las Vegas Bowl, ironically enough, which um, I know that he did not participate in also. So um, Logan, if he performs, um, <clears throat> I think is, is kind of in a similar area to, to Jack. I don't know if he's an elite athlete um, for the position, but but should perform well for himself and um, solidify himself somewhere on that third day as a utility lineman. I think he's probably projects more to guard at the next level. Um, but his ability to get you out of a game at tackle will make, I mean, that's, that's worth a lot. Uh, might be more than, than people think um, kind of be that extra guy to, you know, he might be the eighth offensive lineman on game day. Right. So instead of being a healthy scratch, well, if we really need an extra tackle, Logan can do it. Right. So it'll um, be good that way. And then uh, Leo, um, I mean, he's, <laughs> I, it, it would behoove him to blow up the combine. I don't know if he'll run super fast. I will also be very curious to see what weight he comes in at because I think before the season he was like 261 or something, which he is was like 260 on the, I believe he was 260 on the, on the roster roster. Yeah. Let me, which yeah, is, which is pretty like unheard of for 2021 or 2022, right? Like, this isn't your father's Pittsburgh Steelers with like LaFon Kirkland being a 280 pound middle linebacker. I mean, this is, I mean, Darius Leonard from the Colts, I think is pretty like he dropped to like 215 like two years ago. And that was pretty widely known. So for Chanel to be at 261, it's pretty wild for him to play how he did. And two, I just don't know if that's sustainable. So it wouldn't surprise me if Leo shows up to Indianapolis and he's like 248 in an attempt to drop some of that weight and run a little faster. Um, I think he'll run somewhere in the four, six or four, seven range. I shouldn't be any, I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong for his sake. I don't think it'll be anything too freaky, Um, but the strength numbers will be. Uh, I, I talked to, um, I talked to some of the guys down there. um, As I I told you off air, um, kind of the off day between the practice and game. And I had asked Jack, I said, what's how many, like, what's Leo going to bench? And he's like, I know he's shooting for like 45, which is. Okay. Yeah. He told me, Leo told us on Badger Blitz TV on our YouTube channel that he was shooting for at least 42. Cause he thinks the record is 41 for a linebacker for yeah. 225 pounds for reps. So he's he shooting for at least 42. No, it is. And, and then John Chanel, his brother is shooting for, he told us on that, on, on the same YouTube channel, a different episode, he's shooting for around 35 ish, which is just, again, uh, spoils and in, in riches uh, of rich, you know, for, for that, the physical strength in that family uh, and the gene pool there uh, for the Chanel's. So, yeah, I mean, he should, in my eyes, Leo should show off his athletic. I think he'll be able to be, I think he'll be a little bit more athletic than what people th- give him credit for. And then, I mean, the power is going to be there, you know, and I even, even when you do bench press too, it's almost not even just strength. It's also endurance where getting up 40. I mean, if you're looking for 40 times at 225, try doing just 40 times of bench with a bar or one you know, for you and I that have lifted 135, uh, you know, and you and I have both lifted, you know, consistently over the years. And so we know like that's, you know, that's strength, but it's also endurance too. 
Absolutely. So I, I, I'm sure he'll blow the doors off of that event. 100%. Um, again, I, I, I expect Leo to show up probably in the two forties, probably for his, his optimal performance, right? Like, he may eventually play in the NFL at like 250 or 255 or something like that, which is again, an outlier. Um, but I, I, for the sake of like maximizing his, his combine potential, right. If he can, if dropping 15 pounds can get him into the mid four, like if you can run a four, six, two or something at 250 pounds, which is outrageous, just type of thing. Or like, if he can do that, I think that would be the best for him. Um, I also expect him to jump well, like his broad jump, I expect to be good. Um, he can be a bit linear at times, so he might not have a great like shuttle drill. Um, right. but I do expect him to be good in the explosive lifts. And I do think that Leo Chanel will, um, certainly make his n- name known at the combine. I'll, I will say that. I think he'll be a guy that, um, you know, people know, well, he's a first team all American linebacker and is whatever, right? Like the Wisconsin linebackers, but like, unless you're really familiar with Leo Chanel, I think people are gonna be like, Holy cow, this dude's big and he's explosive, right? Like he's not, he's not, and I'll use this term. He's not a TJ Edwards, right? Like I also don't, he's not Jack Sanborn, right? Like he's not a, yeah, just a tough nosed Wisconsin linebacker, whatever, right? Like Chanel is a bit different physically. um, and And I think that he'll catch some attention for that in Indianapolis. Right. And so I, I expect death row's numbers to increase in the NFL, which for those that don't know is the nickname of Wisconsin said linebackers group uh, dating back to 2017 and whatnot, but Oh man, I appreciate your time. At, what do you got going on for Bucky's fifth quarter? Anything else coming up in your end? Uh, yeah, I probably should write together a, a shrine game recap really, if we're being <laughs> honest about it. Um, but no, uh, with the uh, recruiting stuff done, I'm sure we'll be getting into position previews here pretty quickly for spring ball. Um, as we know, the you know until we get into you know June, really the machine really never stops. As far as that goes, um, so yeah, some probably some position preview stuff for uh, spring ball. I would like to my if my schedule permits at some point, I would like to get into some some more Badger film stuff. I, I kind of um, I had some of that early in the year, um, and between my own obligations and a lack of uh, availability for film, which is no longer an issue. Um, kind of got off of that. I would like to get back in that a little bit. Um, and then I would also like to talk about um, just like what to look at, like an entire roster, uh, because it, you and I talked about this a little bit um, as a teaser, but Wisconsin probably lost more than what the average fan would think, or even like Badger fans may, I don't want to say take for granted, but um, there the, there will be a lot of turnover on the Badger roster this year. There'll be a lot of fresh faces getting playing time. Um, so I think taking a look at that would be, would be interesting as well. So just a couple things probably coming up the pipeline. Um, high school basketball is still in full swing here. We're kind of rounding down the season, heading into regionals in a couple of weeks and doing that stuff too. But uh, I'll be around. I'll be I'll be firing off takes on the Twitter.com. Well, excellent. I appreciate your time as always. Hope to talk to you soon. Hopefully I'll see you down at uh, – hopefully we'll see what, you know, what happens with Pro Day. Hopefully we'll be able to get down there and hopefully I'll be able to, to see you and catch up with again my handsome adult son. Uh, maybe we can get, try to get Kurt and get a family reunion going down there. Absolutely. I do plan on being at the pro day. So I, I would love to make that happen. Awesome folks. That's Owen Reese from Bucky's fifth quarter, optimum scouting East West Shrine game. You name it. This man is making, uh, building that resume up more and more uh, and excited to see what comes from there for that note, folks. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, come back. I'll wrap up the show here on the badgerblitz.com podcast. Of course, powered by overtime media.
And we're back here on the BadgerBlitz.com podcast powered by Overtime Media. Jay Kokorowski, senior writer once again. Big thanks to Owen Reese for making time once again in discussing the East-West Shrine game and his journey. Just a real quick heads up when listening back to the audio when talking about to Owen, he mentioned not you know Bruss not playing in the Las Vegas Bowl. Remember that BadgerBlitz.com article we had in late December talking about Bruss's journey and Bruss had a foot injury that he believes he suffered during the Rutgers game. And ultimately he did not play and he Wisconsin listed him as unavailable on its pregame status report against Arizona state folks. We'll let you go from there. Be sure to follow us on, on Twitter at badger underscore blitz for me. It's at J Coco for Owen. It's at Reese R I E S E draft. And of course, for John McNamara, it's at McNamara Rivals, Ben Wargle at at the Badger Nation, and then Raul Vasquez, our staff writer, Raul V45. For this podcast, make sure you subscribe. iTunes, Spotify, Google, wherever podcasts are, that's where we are. For our YouTube channel, too, we got that going on. Of course, go to YouTube, search Badger Blitz, and you'll see we just had a great conversation with Clint Cosgrove. From Rivals.com, our recruiting analyst that deals with prospects within the Midwest. Great conversation about a few topics, and we're going to be doing that weekly. And then, of course, Wisconsin.Rivals.com, BadgerBlitz.com. Subscribe there. we got tons of info on our Badgers Den forum, and among other you know articles coming up this week and beyond. So we'll talk to you guys soon. I'll let you guys go. Have a wonderful, wonderful week ahead. Stay safe. Stay healthy. We'll talk to you soon on the BadgerBlitz.com podcast. Powered by Overtime Media.